0: What's happening y'all welcome inside the fantasy stock exchange bush coming at you solo today to break down my week nine trade targets and sell highs I'm also going to recap all of the nfl trade deadline news. That was fantasy relevant today We're going to talk about four guys that we're buying just to cut it a little bit shorter than usual because i'm recapping the trade deadline news And then three guys that we're selling as always if you guys enjoy at any point leave a like comment subscribe all that good stuff Let's get right into it Okay, so I'm going to go rapid fire on the NFL trade deadline news. There wasn't a ton of superstars moved, but definitely some fantasy relevant guys. The first move that happened was TJ Hawkinson being traded to the Minnesota Vikings for a couple of mid-round picks. This doesn't do a ton for TJ Hawkinson himself for me. After he ramps up with the Vikings offense, I expect him to probably be a solid back-end, tight-end, one contributor just like he was in Detroit. So I'm not really saying you know stock up on TJ Hawkinson, stock down on TJ Hawkinson. I suppose it's a bit better of an offense but you're probably going to lose a week or two to the ramp-up period. Amon Ross St. Brown, DeAndre Swift, and Jamison Williams, once he comes back, they might benefit a little bit um, from the lack of target competition in Detroit, but nothing substantial. So I think pretty much a neutral move overall. The only real fantasy contributors that I think you can say stock up on definitively are uh, would be Kirk Cousins because now he becomes a more valid uh, streaming quarterback, a guy that you can rely on as the back-end QB1 that he's kind of been throughout this entire season and maybe the Vikings passing game as as a whole kind of gets elevated. With another weapon to help them sustain drive. So TJ Hawkinson to the Vikings, not a ton of fantasy implications, but definitely a little bit here and there. The biggest fantasy implications I would say of all the trades that happened would have been chase Claypool to the Chicago bears. I think this was my favorite fantasy move overall, mostly because Justin Fields, I think is the biggest beneficiary of any fantasy football quarterback of any of these trade deadline moves. And especially in dynasty, it proves that they're showing a, a, you know, a willingness to work around and build around Justin Fields. The bears giving up their projected early to mid second round pick in this trade to get a player with Chase Claypool's level of talent. He hasn't really been the greatest you know, player in Pittsburgh, but he did have a 10 touchdown rookie season. We were very high on him following his rookie year, heading into his second year. We know he's a great athlete. We know he's got the size, the outside ability, and he kind of fell by the wayside after that, dealing with the Ben Roethlisberger corpse that he played with two years ago, and then dealing with the, the revolving door of Kenny Pickett and Mitch Trubisky this year. I really like this move for Claypool's dynasty value to potentially creep up from the wide receiver 4-5 that he is in dynasty to more of like that wide receiver 3 territory. And same goes for his redraft value as well if he's able to pick up the offense quickly. Deontay Johnson, uh, George Pickens, and Pat Fryer should see a higher concentration of targets back in Pittsburgh. So probably helpful for those guys. This also frees up the slot role in Pittsburgh because we know uh, Chase Claypool have been playing about 68-70% of his snaps out of the slot. I'm not necessarily sure who's going to take over that role, whether it's going to be uh, the guy that they drafted Calvin Austin in the fourth round, if he's going to slot right in there, if they're going to use somebody else off the bench, or maybe they deploy more uh, Deontay Johnson, more George Pickens or more Pat Frymuth into the slot as well, because now that that role is freed up, they can definitely move those guys around if they're creative enough. But I don't think Matt Canada is creative enough to do that because I do think Deontay Johnson would benefit a ton from being moved into the slot a little bit, but he's just played like 5% of his snaps in the last two years in the slot. But I do think he would benefit that way. Like I said, the biggest winner from this move is Justin Fields. From a redraft perspective, from a dynasty perspective, the Bears passing game as a whole, especially long-term, sees a little bit of an upgrade. I, I probably expect the Chicago Bears to add their number one receiver in the NFL draft this coming year. But for the most part, good news for Justin Fields all around. Uh, a couple smaller moves here. We have Jeff Wilson to the Dolphins and Chase Edmonds to Denver. Um, Jeff Wilson's probably just a body in that backfield. He'll probably work himself into the role that Chase Edmonds was getting, just seeing, you know, 30% of the snaps or whatever. I don't think much really changes for Raheem Mostert although a win for Jeff Wilson because he was kind of dead in the water um, when Christian McCaffrey was traded to the 49ers. So now he's definitely worth an ad on your waiver wire, but nothing substantial. Chase Edmonds moves to a rough three-man committee in the Denver Broncos. They've kind of talked about them all being co-starters. I expect Chase Edmonds to get the third down work, Melvin Gordon and Latavius Murray to split the early down work. I, Just want to avoid this backfield for the most part. I actually think this move is probably a downgrade for Chase Edmonds because at least in Miami, he had contingent value. If anything happened to Raheem Mostert, who is an older running back who's dealt with injuries. And now he's kind of just part of a terrible committee where the offense is bad. The committee itself is not going to be good. Um, Just not a great move for Chase Edmonds, but. Good news for Jeff Wilson if you guys still have him on your roster. Uh, dynasty trade implications for Calvin Ridley to the Jacksonville Jaguars obviously will not have implications this year because Calvin Ridley is, is suspended for betting on NFL games for the entirety of the season. But it is great news for Trevor Lawrence dynasty managers. It's also great news for Calvin Ridley dynasty managers if you guys invested in him at the very, very low cost you could get him at. I think he was like you know 15th, 16th round startup price tag in drafts this year. And I said, if you guys were doing your one-year productive struggles, one-year punt type of teams, uh, it definitely made sense to invest in Calvin Ridley, let the season play out, eat that year that you're not going to be competing and let the uncertainty factor wear off of Calvin Ridley because now we know where he's going to be. He's probably going to get extended by the the Jacksonville Jaguars. I'd imagine at least there's actually a, a conditional, you know, part of this trade where if he gets extended, the pick becomes a second rounder that he sends, uh, that they send to the Falcons. So definitely interesting move for Calvin Ridley, interesting move for Trevor Lawrence. It's funny because I literally tweeted yesterday morning um, that we've seen Jalen Hurts, we've seen Kyler Murray, we've seen Josh Allen start to take big step forwards once they add a true number one wide receiver and the Jags literally went out and added a true number one wide receiver. I do think they could probably still add another guy like a Jalen Hyatt speedster type in the NFL draft because aside from Christian Kirk, they really don't have anybody at the wide receiver position long-term because Zay Jones and Marvin Jones are like replacement level players. I think they could do well to add, you know, Calvin Ridley now on the outside and potentially a guy that can uh, stretch defenses vertically on the other side of Calvin Ridley. So good move for Trevor Lawrence, dynasty managers and Calvin Ridley dynasty managers. But we can move on quickly to the final deal, which was Naeem Hines to the Buffalo Bills. Not super exciting from a fantasy perspective, although it does take James Cook pretty much out of roster role consideration. I do think you could still stash him if you have a bench spot, but I don't think you need to hold on to him. He was a guy that I thought was a good ad this week in fantasy waivers, but probably not so much anymore. And I think Devin Singletary probably takes a downtick as well. We've kind of heard them wanting to make this backfield a three-man committee all year, but Zach Moss, who went back to the Colts in the other side of the trade, is you know, was not working out and they just made this a two-man committee. So I think good real life move for the Buffalo Bills, but not a ton of fantasy value to be had there. Maybe Naeem Hines becomes a little bit more interesting, but um, we can move on now to the week's trade targets. So before we get into the week's trade targets that I have, like I said, I'm going to only do four this week because I had to recap the news and I didn't want this video to go too long. Reminder that if Jonathan Taylor managers are completely panicked on him, he's not a bad buy low. DeAndre Swift manager, same thing. Amon Ross, St. Brown, Michael Thomas, and Deontay Johnson also still solid buy lows as well. And you can group Drake London into that as well. So getting into the actual guys, all these dudes have like a similar theme this week. Let's try and upgrade to superstars down the stretch, shall we? Because I think those of you guys that are still watching these trade target videos, you're probably in a winning position. I highly doubt if anybody's 0 and 8 out there or 1 and 7, you guys are still watching, you know, trade target videos because you're probably, you know, done for the season. But the guys that we're going to talk about today are guys that I think are studs that you can get for decent prices right now. And the first guy is Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams stands out to me as easily the best trade target this week just one catch for three yards in week eight eight for 95 in week seven a bye week in week six it's been a couple weeks since Devonte adams has really lit up the score sheet uh let me tell you how i view adams though Devontae Adams, to me, is a high-end wide receiver one rest of the season, a top six wide receiver, one of the best options in fantasy at his position. And in my opinion, he's the b- best real-life wide receiver in the NFL, so I really don't care that he's not with Aaron Rodgers anymore, as we've kind of talked about all offseason. Your league mates are probably viewing Devontae Adams as not as good without Aaron Rodgers. He's averaging 10.5 targets per game before last week uh, when he played with the flu, basically. So I'm I'm not really taking too much stock into what happened last week because he didn't practice all week. Apparently, he has the flu. He was dealing with some stuff, so... Um, last week, I'm willing to just kind of wipe it away. But him having the flu probably still affected the perception of your Devontae Adams manager in your leagues. This is the perfect opportunity to take advantage of perception versus reality because he's got the Jags, he's got the Colts on deck. Both of those guys are about, you know, league average pass defenses, 21st and 20th respectively in DVOA. And right now you can get Devontae Adams. The, The deals I have circled here are my favorite types of deals to go after Devontae Adams. If you guys are a good team right now, you probably have a lot of depth on your roster and you can afford to give up let's say Leonard Fournette and Gabriel Davis for a guy, a stud like Devontae Adams, James Conner and Debo Samuel to get up to Devontae Adams, Curtis Samuel and Ramondre Stevenson to get up to a stud like Devontae Adams. You guys get the picture. I think Devontae Adams is a great guy to go after this week. Number two we have on the list is Damian Pierce and this isn't necessarily a buy low because he hasn't been bad in recent weeks. This is a utilization related buy high because Damian Pierce saw some new developments this past week. Despite posting, you know, solid performances, like I said, fourteen point one and fifteen point seven PPR points in the last two weeks, we're talking about an elite workload for Dame Pierce. He finally saw the two minute drill work that he has not seen this entire season, which is a huge development because we know that the Houston Texans are not a good team. And if the two minute drill work, which they're probably going to be in very often is going to Damian Pierce. Now, instead of Rex Burkhead or Dario Guma whatever running backs they have on their roster. I think after this Eagles game, we have the, the Texans playing some very winnable matchups and Damian Pierce, could have some favorable game scripts to get some work done. The Giants, despite their record, are not blowing teams out. Washington, same thing. Miami, same thing. Cleveland, you get the point. These teams are not blowing people out of the water, and Damian Pierce is getting a three-down workload, right? He's getting all of the rush attempts, like 85 90% of the rush attempts. He's running a lot of routes, 50% plus. He's getting targeted when he's running routes, 33%, 16%, and 38% targets per route run the last three games that he's played, uh, excluding the bye. And then also, like I said, getting the two-minute drill snaps as well. I think this is a guy that we We need to think of similarly to rookie year, James Robinson, right? He's on a bad team. He's getting a huge workload, which makes him a top 12 running back in fantasy. And I think a lot of people will value him more so as like a mid RB two. And I think what we're talking about here is an RB one caliber workload. Like I said, if you can go after Damian Pierce using a two for one, like a Miles Sanders and Aaron Rodgers or Raheem Mostert, Dallas Goddard, or at, you know, Deshaun Watson, James Connor, like we have listed here, Tyler Lockett straight up Cordero Patterson and Michael Thomas for Dame Pierce and Amari Cooper. I think these are a ton of great deals that you guys can get done. Damian Pierce, a guy that I think is valued as like a low-end RB1 rest of season that you can get for mid RB2 type of price tag. So moving on to the third trade target of the video, we have Keenan Allen, wide receiver from the Los Angeles Chargers. Keenan Allen was actually on buy this past week. So he did nothing in week eight aside from just rest basically uh, coming off of the injury stricken year that he's had so far. As we know with Keenan Allen, he came back from his hamstring injury in week seven before the bye, played just 32% of the snaps just to get his feet wet before the bye week. He should be 100% back this week. Mike Williams out of the lineup for the next four to six games with a high ankle sprain, which should lend itself to Keenan Allen getting a higher uh, concentration of the team's targets. Their first downs per game, as I brought up on Monday, are down from almost 24 last year to 21 this year. And it's because they've been missing their chain mover most of the season. Keenan Allen's been out. Keenan Allen, I think, is a more vital part to this offense and for Justin Herbert who's been pretty you know, suspect this year without Keenan Allen. So I really think Keenan Allen is going to uplift this Chargers offense. They have some easier matchups coming up as well. And right now you can get Keenan Allen for pennies on the dollar. You can trade a guy like Deontay Foreman who just had a big week plus Naeem Hines and get yourself to Keenan Allen. I think that's a great move that you can use uh, to take advantage of guys coming off of big weeks and trade news. Like I said, with Naeem Hines to go after Keenan Allen, James Conner for Keenan Allen straight up Robert Woods and Eno Benjamin for Keenan Allen, you guys get the picture. So moving on to the final trade targets of the video, we have the Ravens Elite Onesies. And I talked about Lamar Jackson in depth last week, so I'm not gonna rehash everything here, but they do have the Saints, they do have the Panthers, they do have the Jacksonville Jaguars. The next few games uh, with a week nine or a week 10 buy in between there, I think we'll start seeing some more Lamar blow up games. So even though he hasn't had a monster game in a couple of weeks, I really do think they're coming. And Andrews is actually the main trade target that I'm after here because Mark Andrews dealt with injuries on Thursday night, shoulder injury, knee injury coming into the game. He's probably going to be out this week. If I had to guess, in week nine, they have a week 10 bye. It would make sense to let Mark Andrews rest you have Isaiah likely who played well in relief of him and get Mark Andrews healthy for after the week 10 bye when they need to go on a run to make the playoffs. He's coming off of two of his worst games of the year. Like I said, he might be out this week and then he has a bye week. So if you're in a winning position, maybe you don't want to buy him quite yet. Maybe you want to wait a week or wait until he's on bye or something. If you're in a winning position and you're 8 and 0 and you're 7 and 1 or you're 6 and 2 type of teams, Andrews should be fully recovered by the week 10 bye. It sounds like it's not a serious injury that he's been dealing with and Andrews is an elite positional advantage type of option, right? We know that you know, I never draft tight ends early, but these are the value pockets I look for when it comes to getting an elite positional advantage at tight end, because I didn't have to risk drafting Mark Andrews and him not working out. I know he's going to be great this year once he comes back. It's easy matchups for an elite tight end that he has coming off of the buy, and I guarantee you, you won't get an elite positional advantage tight end like Mark Andrews any cheaper than you're getting him right now. Like I said, you can get Lamar Jackson for pennies on the dollar. You can get him for Dallas Goddard and Mike Williams types and you know Zach Ertz and Kyler Murray. Like You can get very, very easy deals done for... Um, Lamar Jackson, you can also trade guys like TJ Hawkinson, Dalvin Cook, Curtis Samuel, and Tua vailoa for Mark Andrews, according to the Yahoo trade market. So those are the trade targets for the videos. Let's get into the sell high candidates. There's three of them. DJ Moore is the biggest one. He was dead in the water just two weeks ago. Nobody wanted the guy. He was ineffective. The Panthers offense was terrible. And DJ Moore wasn't even commanding the same level of targets that we're used to seeing. But then they fire their coach. They trade Christian McCaffrey and they switch from Baker Mayfield to PJ Walker. And suddenly this offense is scoring points. They look rejuvenated. They look like a real NFL offense. But the problem that I have with what's happened for the Carolina Panthers the last two games is that they've played some absolutely easy matchups. I've talked about it in my wide receiver start sit videos with the wide receiver matchup chart. DJ Morris had a top three wide receiver matchup the last two weeks because the Buccaneers secondary was down four starting pieces, including Antoine Winfield Jr., who's their like all pro caliber free safety, and they just can't move the ball on offense right now. So they were giving a lot of opportunities to the Carolina Panthers and the Falcons secondary last week. I mean, we saw what happened. They're starting practice squad wide receivers out there who cannot hang with DJ Moore. I think this was kind of just happenstance. They make the, the change at the right time. They fire the coach. They get the new quarterback in there and they play some easy matchups to help get their confidence up. My advice is sell DJ Moore now because your league mates probably think he's an, a rest of season wide receiver two instead of the wide receiver three that he actually is because before the PJ Walker stuff and they fired their coach, he was in wide receiver four to five territory. Now I think he's better than that now with PJ Walker. But what we're talking about now is the pendulum shifting way too far to the other side where instead of the wide receiver four that he used to be, he should have swung to the wide receiver three, but now he's a wide receiver two in most people's minds. And I think for that price, you can definitely get, a good cash out on DJ Moore. If you can trade him right now for guys like Chris Godwin, for Keenan Allen, who I mentioned earlier in the video, for Amari Cooper, somehow somebody got Justin Jefferson for DJ Moore. I think you could definitely take advantage. Maybe you could use DJ Moore in a package deal with like an Eno Benjamin or a Deontay Foreman to go up and get Devontae Adams. I think there's a ton of things you can do with DJ Moore and I'm definitely going to be selling him on the open market if I can. Finally, the last sell highs that we're going to get into is three running backs that I have, running backs with expiring opportunity which is basically it means that their starters are coming back soon or they're going to be in more of committees going forward. And the first guy is Deontay Foreman. Now, Chuba Hubbard was out last week. And not that I think Chuba Hubbard is better than Deontay Foreman because he's definitely not. Um, or in any way, will he kind of eat into De- Deontay Foreman's workload for the majority of the work? Because they said it's a hot hand approach. Deontay Foreman clearly has the hot hand. For me, it's just a policy that you see a, a replacement-level running back like Deontay Foreman have a three-touchdown game with over 100 yards. Yes, you best believe I'm going to be shopping him on the open market and seeing if I can upgrade to a guy with a more stable workload, like a Damian Pierce, like a Raheem Mostert, like a Miles Sanders type. If you can use Deontay Foreman, package in a you know wide receiver 3-4 type, Go up to a Damian Pierce. I think that's an awesome move to make. Somehow you can get Debo Samuel straight up for him, George Kittle straight up for him. You can go after a Jamar Chase type using uh, Juju Schuster. You can go after DK Metcalf using Cortland Sutton. You can use Deontay Foreman in a package deal to get up to Keenan Allen, Cordero Patterson, T. Higgins, et cetera. You guys get the point. So definitely be shopping Deontay Foreman because not that I think he's gonna be bad. I think he's gonna be probably like a rest of season RB3, RB uh, low end RB2 type. I just don't think he's going to be quite as valuable as his perception might be in the minds of your league mates. And same goes for Eno Benjamin, because we have James Conner potentially coming back this week. Eno has been very solid in James Conner's relief, but I do think they're going to at least make this a 50-50 committee, if not give James Conner his workload right back. I mentioned, you know, with Deontay Foreman, use him to buy low on wide receivers like Chris Godwin or Amon Ross St. Brown in a package deal for those guys, or one for one potentially for guys like Christian Kirk, Deontay Johnson, Drake London, Garrett Wilson, etc. And then the final guy, of the video is Tyler Algier, who, We'll see Cordero Patterson coming back soon. Cordero Patterson is officially eligible to come off of IR as soon as this week. I like Tyler Algier to still get some touches here and there in this backfield, but I think he's probably nothing more than like a high-end RB4, low-end RB3 option at best once Cordero Patterson is back on the field. He's playing at a high level. He's been efficient, but after a big week like he had this week, catching a long touchdown, and good usage for a couple of weeks. I think some of your sharper league mates might buy into the fact that he's getting good usage and he plays in a run-heavy offense. So you're probably not going to get a massive return for Tyler Algier. It's not like you're going to get up to a great player, but if you can swap him one for one with a high-end contingency piece, like A.J. Dillon, like Kareem Hunt, like Rashad white or like Alexander Madison to give yourself some upside on your bench. I think that makes a ton of sense. Or if you can get him for some flex caliber wide receivers, like I talked about already, Drake London, Deontay Johnson, Adam Thielen, Garrett Wilson types, that would make a ton of sense as well. So you guys enjoyed this video as always leave a like down below comment any of your thoughts down below as well subscribe to the channel if you are new around here make sure to check out the pin comment for everything we have to offer over on patreon patreon.com forward slash fantasy stock exchange you can get our rest of season rankings our weekly start sit rankings our dynasty rankings manifesto all that good stuff available on patreon and make sure to check out our official show sponsor underdogfantasy.com using the promo code fse you'll get a 100% back on whatever you deposit so if you want to go over there play some higher or lowers play some Uh, best ball drafts do some battle royales playoff best ball is going to be coming in the next couple weeks as well definitely a lot of fun over there on underdog fantasy as a thank you for using our promo code and not somebody else's you'll get our weekly start set rankings for the rest of the season you'll get access to our dynasty rankings manifesto for the rest of the season as well so if that interests you promo code fse link down below in the description to get started but with that being said peace out we'll talk to you soon